I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. We're going to do a really easy, fast snack slash dinner today. Let's say you've been invited to a party or a game. Let's say you're watching a game, like maybe the Super Bowl with some friends. And you say, well, what can I bring? And they say, oh, I don't know. How about, how about nachos? Nachos are always easy and everybody loves them. And you're fine with that, but the more you think about it, the more you think it would be fun if the nachos were just a little different so you could kind of show off your savviness about cooking or creativity or, you know, just get a little notoriety for doing something different. That's what this is about today. We're going to make some Greek nachos, which of course just means that instead of burger beans and Mexican cheese with salsa that we have uh, burger tomatoes, olives, and green onions in a pile. And instead of corn chips, we're going to use pita chips. There's really very little to this that isn't just about chopping things. So it'll only take a few minutes to tell you about it. First, let me say that this is a recipe I found in a magazine that came from Safeway grocery stores. I don't know how long ago that might have been, but probably a while. And the recipe talks about how to make your own pita chips. I'm not going to do that because I cheated and I have a bag of Stacy's pita chips just naked. I think they're called Simply Naked. And so there's no seasoning or anything on them because I want the nacho stuff to do the seasoning and flavor for me. But I'm going to tell you how to make your own pita chips in case you want to do it from scratch. And it also would save you some money, I got to tell you that, because these Stacy's pita chips are expensive. I have a bag here that is a pound and two ounces, and it cost me $6.99 for a bag of chips. I, I couldn't believe it. But I sprang for it because I'd already decided to do it. And once I decide a thing, that's what happens. So anyway, if you don't want to do that, you can make your own pretty easily if you can find some pita bread which comes in sort of little round flat pockets you cut each round into six wedges and then you take the the edges where they are still connected at the round part and you separate them so that each of the six wedges you cut turns into two pieces 
And then you put them on a baking sheet and you drizzle them with olive oil, just lightly, don't put a lot. And then you bake them in a 400 degree oven until they're lightly browned and crisp, which takes about five minutes, five, six, seven minutes, somewhere in there. And then you leave them to cool. If you're gonna keep them for any length of time at all, you have to pack them airtight or they're gonna get soggy again pretty quickly. And then again, you could just go spend a bunch of money on some store-bought pita chips. I think when I first cut this recipe out that there was nobody making pita chips because who would do that? What a weird thing. When you think about it, it's a little weird. The rest of the ingredients are simple, but you probably will have to go to the store to get them. Once you do that, just know that compiling this is just really about chopping things. But here's your ingredient list. I should tell you this first. This makes what the magazine initially called four servings. I don't know what that means. I am going to make it tonight for two people as a main dish dinner. And I'll have to see how far that goes. And I'll leave you some notes on the webpage about it, which will be on the cookalongpodcast.com. And by the way, while I'm on that kind of subject... Let me remind you that I would love to have you tell your friends about this because this is a great recipe to share. I have a lot of great recipes that your friends might like to listen to as well. And those can be found through my website. It also can be found on SoundCloud and Spotify and all your favorite podcast apps. And I have a new Patreon page where you can contribute financially to helping this podcast continue. I would love your help with that. Please consider visiting Patreon and type in the Cook Along podcast and you'll find my page where you will see a video of me. It's not a brilliant video by any stretch of the imagination, but at least you can see what I look like. All right, now the ingredient list for this four servings, whatever that is. It's a pound and a quarter of ground lean sirloin. So 80% lean or better. If you got 90%, that's even better. That way we don't have to strain it. A teaspoon of minced garlic, and I don't care whether that's a kind in a jar, which is what I think I'm going to do today, where it's already minced up and living in some salt water or something, or whether you cut your own. A teaspoon is probably a large garlic clove, or two, maybe two. And then a quarter teaspoon of dried thyme, the leaves, not the ground powdered stuff three quarters of a cup of beef broth. And I just have a store-bought can here, which is 14 ounces. Three quarters of a cup will only be not quite half of this. A teaspoon and a half of cornstarch and some salt and pepper. That's your beef component of this recipe. And then here's the stuff that's gonna go on top. A half a cup of pitted Kalamata olives a quarter of a cup of fresh mint. If you're lucky enough to have it in your garden, you could go just cut a few leaves. Otherwise, you can get that in your produce section at your store as well. The recipe itself calls for a third of a cup of mizithra cheese, which it wants you to grate up. I'm not doing that because mizithra is fine with me, but I really like feta, particularly for Greek things. So I'm using a feta cheese which I actually bought pre-crumbled, so I don't even have to crumble the cheese. And then it calls for a half a cup of plain low-fat yogurt and 
I am on the fence about that right now. I have some Greek yogurt in the house that's plain. And I have some sour cream. And I'm tempted to kind of mix them because I think the Greek yogurt's going to be too sharp and sour. But the sour cream might mellow that out a little bit. And that's just a topping. So it could be whatever you think would be good. You could use just the sour cream, I suppose, if that's what you have on hand. Or just plain yogurt, which is what this, like I said, is what this suggests. And uh, I just don't have any, but I do have the Greek. So I may play with that a little bit. And then you need a half a pound of tomatoes. And the original recipe suggests Roma tomatoes because they're easier to chop. They're a little more uh, firm than a lot of tomatoes, and they're easy to take the seeds out of. I happen to have one Roma tomato, and I happen to have a number of other, uh, what they call Campari tomatoes, which I think have the most flavor of any of the store-bought winter tomatoes, which make me sad just thinking about them in comparison to what you can get off your own plant in the summertime. Anyway, uh, half a pound is probably a number of them. I'm going to say probably three uh, good size, maybe maybe three good size Romas, but it really doesn't matter. What we're going to do is core them, which means taking out the stem spot and then chop them. And if you want to, you can also seed them first. That would make them a lot less uh, wet. And I think it might be smart to do that if you want to kind of build this for presentation as opposed to just letting people scoop their own stuff together. You can do that either way. And then the last thing is some green onions, which we're going to chop up. And that is, uh, it says a cup, which is, that's a lot of green onions. I doubt that I'll get anywhere near that many green onions because I just got myself one bunch and I can't imagine that that's going to go as far as a whole cup. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The trick to this for me tonight is going to be not to get it cooked too quickly. So I'm going to start with chopping up everything that's going to go on top because I want the meat hot when everything else is done. And I think you probably want to do the same. So first, I'm going to rinse these tomatoes off. I haven't weighed them. I think I guess I should weigh them and just see what I've got here. Just so I have a pretty good idea. Oh, wow. I have just barely over half a pound. Yeah, and I have to cut off one bad spot. So it's going to come out perfectly. That's just luck. Uh, I am not nearly as smart as it sounds like that might be. Now we're going to cut out the little, you make a little divot in the circle with a sharp pointed knife to get the stem out. I'll tell you a secret, with the kinds of tomatoes that I buy, I often just put the stem in. I don't worry about it. I cut up the tomato and I don't worry about the stem. I mean, it's not the green part I'm talking about, but the stub of where the stem used to be. They're so small that it doesn't really feel like it matters. And when you cut the tomato up, that gets cut up. I just throw them in the salad and I don't really worry about it. But today, because you're here with me, I'm doing things right. So I'm cutting out the little brown spot where the stem used to connect. All right, now we're just going to slice. Uh, how do we want to do this? I've got my Roma here. I'm going to cut it the long way. And then I think I am going to scoop out these seeds. So you've got the tomato sliced in half, and then there's the jelly part with the seeds. Just take a tablespoon, you know, a spoon, like a, I don't want to say a tablespoon, but the kind of spoon you would use at the table for a cup of coffee, and scoop the seeds out along with the jelly that goes with it. That will make these a lot easier to cut and prettier when you serve them up. And then do the same thing with the other half. You may have to pierce the spoon in through a little of the flesh, but get all that juice out of there. Mostly, you know, this kind of thing makes me crazy because I think about, oh my goodness, why am I, why am I getting rid of all this flavor that's going here? But it does make a messier thing. All right, I'm going to do the same with these Camparis that I have here. So I'm going to take the seeds out of these two. That makes me a little sad. But that will definitely mean that I only have half a pound. But it'll sure make it less messy when I serve it. And I think what I'm going to do is serve it in individual bowls. So while I'm talking to you, I'm just scooping the seeds and jelly out of each of these tomato halves. I'll take the meat that we're about to cook up and divide it into bowls and then put these toppings on it. The option, of course, is always that you could take the toppings to the table and let people just do their own thing with it. But I'm kind of thinking it would be fun today to make a presentation out of it. I am down now to my last tomato half. 
scooping the seeds into the compost bin and leaving the meat behind. And I'm not working too hard at that because like I said, you know, to me that's a lot of flavor going down the drain. And I feel weird about that. Now we're going to chop these up. And I'm going to make them probably about three quarters of an inch each. They're, they're bite size. They're tiny. They're bite size. They're like the size of a nickel, maybe. That's what I'm doing with these. We just want to do that with all the tomatoes. It shouldn't take but a minute. You're welcome to hang out with me, or you're welcome to go do your own cutting and come back to me when you're ready. But I'm almost done here already. It's kind of a shame, actually, that Romas are so much easier to work with. They really are, because they're more firm, like I said. They're a lot easier to work with, and they just do not have as much flavor, and that's really sad. You know, if we could get both things out of a store-bought tomato flavor and ease of working with them, wouldn't that be something? But first, we'd have to get the flavor. That's a tricky piece. All right, there are my tomatoes ready to go. Now I think let's do the olives. Somewhere here I have a jar, yep. My olives came from Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's would have all of this stuff. In fact, I bet they even have their own pita chips. I didn't think of that, but I'll bet they do. And like I said, we're gonna have a half a cup, which is quite a lot of these. It's probably gonna be most of this jar. And I'm taking them out and putting them on the cutting board because we're just gonna cut them up we want little bite-sized pieces of this. All right, it's not the whole jar. I bet you that's half a cup there. And then I'm going to use a, what do you call it? What is this? Uh, you know, a uh, chef's knife. That's it. And just chop them up. They don't have to be pretty. They don't have to be uniform. They just need to be bite-sized and not whole. There we go. Some of them are only in half. That's okay. I think I'll make them a little smaller than that, but not a lot. I like these. I love Kalamata olives. If you have Greek food and you don't have Kalamata olives, then as far as I'm concerned, you don't have Greek food. There, that really took almost nothing. I don't want them really tiny. All right, the next thing is the mint. And we want kind of a lot of it uh really it's a quarter of a cup now i have a package here that i bought in a little plastic container because i don't grow my own mint i will never again grow my own mint because it takes over your yard if you grow mint you already know this if you don't grow mint don't do it without being aware that it will take over your yard and you will never ever get rid of it so i bought a package it's a half ounce package and we're just going to pull the leaves off of that a little at a time. Well, this is just a guess as I'm pulling them off here. I think I'm going to end up using about half of this package. And then you want to cut them up. Once you get them off the stems, you're going to cut them up really small. It's not like we want a big mint flavor here. It's just that it adds a little uh, Greekness to it. So you want to chop them up. But you don't want huge bursts of mint on people's tongues so we just want to get them really small so it's like it's fresh but it's chopped so fine that it could be out of a jar because it's so fine that's what we want to do here even that is really taking almost no time it chops up very quickly 
All right, so now what I have here in front of me on my cutting board is chopped tomatoes, chopped olives, chopped mint, and that leaves the last thing that we have to chop, the green onions. So those need to be cleaned up a little bit. This calls for a lot of green onions. I probably didn't buy enough green onions because I only got one bunch. And the recipe actually wants it to be a cup of them. That's, I, I, I'm not even going to get close. I can't imagine that this would turn into a cup of onions, even if I cut it all the way up the stem. So you can either cut off the root ends or peel the outside stuff away and... If you cut off the root ends, I can just tell you that if you wanted to, if you leave like half an inch or so, I'm not going to do that today, but if you leave like half an inch or so with the roots, you can put those roots in water and they'll sprout and you can go plant them in your yard or in a pot in your house and they will grow new onions and you won't have to buy onions sometime down the road. <laughs> you know, it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, but it will grow onions, but I don't want to do that. I want to eat them. So I'm just cutting off the roots as close as I can to the roots themselves. I have here one, two, three, four, five. I have seven green onions, and I am going to cut them as far up the stem as it seems feasible because in order to get to actually a whole cup of green onions, I'm going to need every bit of this. I am betting, wow, you know, it actually accumulates kind of nicely. It's still going to be closer to three-quarters of a cup than a whole cup, I bet. It's interesting that as you cut up the stems, the pile, you know what? <laughs> I think I did it. I'll bet you that is almost a cup. That's amazing. That's amazing. Because it's, uh, I'm, so I'm cutting up some of this a little finer. All right, so seven sizable green onions and you're good to go. How's that? There you go. And that's all the chopping we have to do. Unless, unless you have a block of feta, in which case you need to crumble it up with your fingers. Or if you're using the mazithra, you'll need to shred it or grate it, however you want to do that. Grating is probably better because... It's a pretty sort of salty cheese. Of course, so is feta. That's what I like about it. But I don't have to do anything with it because like I told you, I bought mine already crumbled. Half ounce. And this half ounce is easily a cup and a little, probably a cup and a quarter. And we don't need that much. We only need a, a, a third of a cup or so. Although you could put it on the table and let people play with it a little bit. Sprinkle it on their own stuff. All right, there's one more thing to do before we move on to cooking the hamburger. We need to open the can of beef broth, or if you're using a aseptic container, that's fine. Actually, before we even do that, let's do the other part first. So open your can or your container, get your measuring cup, and put your one and a half teaspoons of cornstarch in the bottom of the measuring cup. So that's three halves, two, three. And into there, sprinkle some pepper, just, you know, ground pepper, table, table kind. Regular salt, table kind as well, although don't use the kind that has iodine in it. 
I'll tell you that every time because I don't think you really want the flavor of iodine in your food. Iodine? All right, and now we've got just barely anything in the bottom of this. So in there, we're going to add the three quarters of a cup of beef broth. There we go. And then kind of whisk that together. I'm using a fork. I have no idea what I used this fork for before. I, oh, I was thinking it was getting the olives out? I don't know. It was here, so I used it tonight. While I was doing this, I used it. So it's all going the same place. I just don't remember where. All right, now we're ready to cook the beef. One and a quarter pounds, kind of an obnoxious amount unless you're lucky enough to find that in the store. Put it into a uh, 12 inch skillet. So I've got my favorite cast iron pan here, which happens to be 12 inches. And I am turning it on to medium high. And then I think I'm gonna spray just really lightly just because the meat is pretty lean. I'm using 90% lean. So it's not gonna have a lot of fat in it to keep it from sticking to the pan. Now what we wanna do is crumble that into there so that it's not a big slab anymore. Crumble it just with your fingers as you put it in there. Pan doesn't really have to be hot first. I'm just scrunching it in my hands now to get smaller pieces. Now as this pan heats up, we're gonna add a secret ingredient. And I did not give you this ingredient in the list. First I gotta wash the hamburger off my hands. And the secret ingredient is a little baking soda. Just get your container of baking soda out and we just need a pinch, just a little pinch. And we're gonna add that to the meat. And the reason we're doing that, this is a secret. The reason we're doing that is because if you put in a, a little baking soda, it helps lock the moisture into the meat. So I'm doing a three-fingered pinch. That's a thumb and two fingers. Actually, I did that twice, small ones of baking soda. It locks the moisture into the meat and it keeps that sort of liquid soup from developing at the bottom. You know, sometimes when you fry meat, it just turns gray and there's this pool of liquid that gets into the bottom. This will help keep that from happening. Now, while the pan's still heating up here, add your teaspoon of minced garlic and your quarter of a teaspoon of dried thyme leaves. Now we're just gonna stir this up, breaking it up with a spoon as we go, stirring that baking soda around in the meat to help it brown. Yeah, I did not get these pieces very small. And I'm using a silicone spoon, which really isn't strong enough to break this meat up very well. But I think I'm gonna make do because I don't wanna dirty another spoon. We don't have a dishwasher in my house. I don't know if I've told you that before. I probably have. We do everything by hand here because I have a 1950s kitchen. Oh, see now, this is when your meat, as it cooks, the baking soda that's in there is gonna start to bubble a little bit as it interacts with the meat itself. And that's good, that means it's soaking up that juice so you aren't gonna end up with a pool of liquid in the bottom. Just keep chopping at that meat. You want it really small. You want it really crumbled. Well, just like you would if it was, you know, your ordinary nachos. You want that meat small. You don't want big chunks of it. You want it small so that it's easy to pick up with the chips, right? This is the last step here. 
we're going to do only one more thing and then it's going to be ready to serve. So I hope your folks are ready to eat it. Mine are not. I knew I was going to start this too early. Oh well, I'll put a lid on it or something and keep it warm in the pan. It does take a little time to get it all browned, this much meat. Cast iron pounds are great for this though. So maybe I didn't get quite enough baking soda in there. It's definitely still creating quite a lot of liquid. Although I think it'll cook off. It's definitely getting browner than it would have. It's not gray, it's brown. It looks more appetizing than if we'd done this without the baking soda. Keeping in mind, of course, that having added that baking soda also means you added a little sodium. So we'll need to be careful about added salt. So this will take a total of probably, I don't know, six, seven minutes, eight minutes, maybe. Really happens pretty fast. So it's mostly brown now. I'm going to pull it to one side so that the liquid that is here is kind of all on the other side. And then I'm going to see if I can encourage that to evaporate. I don't really want that in here. I'm going to turn this up just a little and let it boil some of that away. I know I promised you there wouldn't be so much of this. But I think you'll find that the meat is browner, even if the rest of it did not turn out to be the case. And now that I'm boiling it, it's going to go away pretty quickly. And the meat's just fine. It's not like you're going to get it too brown. The next thing we're going to do is stir up that broth again with the cornstarch in it. And as soon as most of this liquid is out of here, boiled off, we're going to add that to the pan. Now some of what is left here is unfortunately fat. So we need to get that out of there. We don't want it. If you have a grease container, you can pull that out. If you don't, you do not want to dump this down your sink. I'll show you a trick. Get a little piece of foil and put it inside a bowl. It doesn't even have to be a clean bowl and push it down in. And now we can scoop that fat out of there and into this bowl. You know, there's not a lot. I have to confess, part of this was 80-20 instead of 90-10. So I have a little fat here. But golly, there's sure not much. But what there's here, I'm going to scoop off and put into this foil so that it can solidify before I throw it out. I'm sure you know this, but if you put it down your sink, it's going to solidify in your pipes. It's a bad, bad thing to have happen. And you can't just put it in you know, the garbage because it'll melt right through your plastic bag. Hence, the foil. So I'm scooping out the, with a very bad spoon, that this is stupid what I'm doing. Don't do what I'm doing. I have a very shallow spoon and I'm scooping out this fat so slowly into the foil packet, which I shall later throw into the trash when it's hard. All right, I think that's probably good enough. I'm not gonna worry about the rest. So now stir your meat around again and throw in your, your thickened broth because that's what this cornstarch does is it thickens the broth. It'll turn the broth into a sort of sauce. Stir it around, turn down your heat a little bit, especially if you turned it up for about a minute and the sauce is going to thicken up a little bit, which is why we want this liquid in there as opposed to the other liquid that we were messing with a minute ago to take out. It just kind of glazes this. If you have too much liquid in there still, just keep cooking it. It'll cook down. Keep stirring it, keep it moving. 
and that will start to thicken up and cook down until you don't have very much. And then really we're done here. What we're going to do is either on a big bowl for everybody to share or in individual bowls, which like I said is what I'm going to do today. You start with the meat, you put the meat on the bottom, and then you top it with the olives, even amounts. If you're doing four bowls, or just, I guess, if you're doing a big bowl or a big platter, you just put it all on there. So you're going to put the olives, the mint, the tomatoes, and the green onions on top of the beef. And then you're going to put the feta cheese on there, too. Just dump it over the top or the mizithra or whatever you're using to make it beautiful and salty and tasty and Greekish. And then... If you wanted to use some of the sour cream or the Greek yogurt, you could put a dollop of that on top just to make it pretty. I wouldn't do a ton of that on there because some people may not really be enthusiastic about that. But serve it on the table so that people can help themselves. Now, if you wanted to take out a piece of this really carefully, a piece of this beef, and taste it, you can see how your salt and pepper are. And then add a little more if you need it before you go piling it into the serving containers. And then you get your pita chips served out and you scoop this up just as if you were scooping a plate of nacho topping with corn chips. That's all there is to it. Have fun. Enjoy your event, your sports event or your movie or your party, whatever it is you've made these to go to. Visit the Patreon page. Visit the cookalongpodcast.com for photos and the ingredient list. Oh, and by the way, I'd love to hear back from you. If you want to contact me with questions or comments or feedback of any kind, visit the Cook Along Podcast page of Facebook. You just go into Facebook and search for the Cook Along Podcast, and my page will come up, and you can type your questions there to me, and I will get back to you very quickly. And until I hear from you, or until you again hear from me, happy cooking! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cook Along podcast page or go to Ko-fi, ko-fi.com slash the Cook Along podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.